Happy Monday, everybody. My name is Brandon Rosa, and welcome to another episode of the Xbox in 10 podcast, your weekly source of Xbox gaming news covered in around 10 minutes. Every Monday, this podcast covers new game releases, the previous week's gaming news, and we all are in an Xbox-related fun fact together. This shows on podcast services around the world, so please subscribe in your favorite and leave a review. Xboxin10.com, no numbers, is your quick source for links to all of our podcast destinations and social media profiles, which you can follow at Xboxin10. To start, let's talk game releases. The big games out last week were Overpass and Doom Eternal. The games coming out this week include Freedom Finger, Moons of Madness, Element Space, Yu-Gi-Oh! Legacy of the Duelist Link Evolution, War Tile, Deep Sky Derelicts Definitive Edition, RFL Enhanced Edition, Borderlands 3 Guns Love and Tentacles, Mechamora, Gynosaurus the Game, One Piece Pirate Warriors 4, Inops, Children of Zodiacs, and of course Bleeding Edge. A quick update for games leaving Xbox Game Pass include Borderlands The Handsome Collection, City Skylines, Lego Worlds, Vampire, Aparencia The Stolen Sun, and The Golf Club 2. Now onto last week's biggest news stories, and we have four to cover this week. Xbox Series X Full Specs Revealed. This one is by Joe Scrubbles and IGN, but I would highly recommend everyone going to read Will Tuttle's full story on Xbox Wire. IGN has a nice, succinct version, and I'm going to read that one. Full Specs list for Xbox Series X has been released. Those specs also confirm what the Xbox Series X mystery port is for. As Digital Foundry reports, Microsoft and Seagate have made proprietary external 1TB SSD that can be plugged into the console for extra storage. Essentially, it's a giant memory card. The CPU includes 8x Zen 2 cores at 3.8GHz, 3.6GHz with SMT. The GPU has 12 teraflops of power, 52 CUs at 1.825GHz, and custom RDNA 2. The die size is 360.45mm2. The process is the TSMC 7NN Enhanced. The memory is 16GB of DDR6. The memory bandwidth, 10GB at 500GB per second, and 6GB at 336GB per second. The internal storage is a 1TB custom NVMe SSD. The I.O. throughput is 2.4GB a second raw and 4.8GB a second compressed. Expandable storage includes a 1TB expansion card, external storage for USB 3.2 HDD support, the optical drive is a 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray drive, and the performance target is 4K at 60 frames per second, up to 120 frames per second. Digital Foundry's testing included some impressive reading. The Series X processor, for instance, is powerful enough to run four Xbox One S game sessions simultaneously. Ray tracing, a major point of pride for both Xbox Series X and PS5, is also delivering apparently incredible results. Dedicated hardware inside the Series X seemingly means that the console can handle more intensive ray tracing than expected, harnessing the equivalent of 25 teraflops of power despite the console's GPU having 12 teraflops. The quick resume feature continues to sound impressive too, storing game states in the SSD and allowing you to turn off, unplug, or update your console, then boot directly back into the game where you left it off running. Per the Xbox blog post, quote, one of the testers on the team unplugged his console for a week, then took an update, and was still able to continue right where he left off with not so much as a loading screen, end quote. One major point covered in today's news is the benefit of the Series X on older games. We've already learned that the Gears 5 will have a Series X port free to those who already own it. However, Microsoft has also discussed a curated list of Xbox One games that will work to improve on the new hardware, upping resolutions and potentially doubling frame rates. The Series X is also seemingly capable of applying convincing HDRFX, even to games that weren't designed with that functionality in mind. Digital Foundry was shown both Halo 5 and the original Xbox title Fusion Frenzy, released well before HDR was a 
ongoing concern. Running with that was apparently a real looking HDR effect. This is system wide and should apply to any game capable of running on Series X, no matter its age. This tech can also be used to add color blindness modes to games that didn't support them at the time. And as pointed out by Austin Evans, the console's internals include a Master Chief Easter egg, which the Xbox One X also did. It's becoming a bit of a tradition. In addition to reading the full blog post on Xbox Wire, I do highly recommend going to watch the videos by Austin Evans and Digital Foundry. They provide a much better explanation and highlight all the awesome features the Xbox Series X holds. The one disappointing tidbit that has come out over all this news is that the Xbox Series X will not have an optical audio port, which means someone like me right now who has the Astro A50s and I love them will not be able to plug into the console. I'm confident Microsoft will provide a solution for me, but only time will tell. These specs are extremely exciting for any Xbox fan and one getting this on day one. I also think that Microsoft has been killing it with the marketing on this new console. The presentation this week by Sony did a lot more talking than showing. For me, it did not get me hyped for the PS5. I will probably be getting one day one as well just because of their great exclusives, but it seems that Microsoft has beaten Sony on the power front. The Series X with 12 teraflops of power, and the PS5 with about 10.2 teraflops of power. It seems Sony has beat them with the power and speed of the SSD, although a little smaller in storage size. It's gonna be amazing to see what these next generation of consoles can do, but ultimately it will come down to the games. Microsoft and Xbox Game Studios needs to come back very strong with first party exclusives. Number two. Minecraft Dungeons devs suggest game may be delayed. Matthew Olson at US Gamer writes, The COVID-19 coronavirus outbreak has already affected hardware production, caused many developers and publishers to start working from home, and delayed the release of one prominent port. But we may see the first high-profile release of a new game pushback due to the virus's aggressive spread. Today, Mojang announced that its team is now working on Minecraft Dungeons remotely, and says that the impact on the team's workflows could change its development timeline. Minecraft Dungeons is targeting a release on PC, Xbox One, PS4, and Switch sometime next month, April 2020. If this game does indeed get delayed out of April 2020, it will just be the first of many that we see as an impact of the coronavirus and its spread. There will certainly be many, many delays we never hear of behind the scenes with impacts on games that are not yet announced. Number three, see if these PvP focused arena mode getting major overhaul next month. Matt Wales at Eurogamer writes, The big news from Rare's latest developer video update undoubtedly comes in the form of April's significant arena mode overhaul said to mark the start of its next chapter. As of April's update, all treasure maps and all but one cashing in ship will be removed from the arena with every player now being directed toward a single buried treasure highlighted by a large glowing beacon. Matches will be shorter, reduced from 24 minutes to 15 minutes, arenas will be smaller, and silver rewards for ship-to-ship -ship battling will rise. Rare says that these changes are designed to encourage, condense, fluid gameplay, with the aim presumably being to funnel all participants together for massive inter-team pylons of ceaseless cannon fire and onboard battling. Based on the early details, it sounds like Arena Mode will lose a lot of its more nuanced strategy. The original version permits a surprisingly wide variety of offensive and defensive playstyles in the quest to be crowned PvP champion, which will be a shame if true. Hopefully, though, the overhauled version will prove enjoyable enough to mitigate that loss. I did try Arena out finally about two weeks ago, and unfortunately it didn't do much for me, and the game as a whole. It'll be interesting to see if I feel a little different after this update, so I will definitely check it out. And number four, Xbox Game Pass Ultimate adds extra in-game content with new perks. John Porter at The Verge writes, Xbox Game Pass Ultimate subscribers are getting new in-game content as part of their subscription, Microsoft has announced. The new perks vary by game, but they range from unique emotes and in-game cosmetic items in Fantasy Star Online 2, to free ship parts in Sea of Thieves, World of Tanks Mercenaries players meanwhile will get access to three tanks, or you get a bundle of five gods 
outfits, character skins, and voice packs in Smite. All the perks will be enabled automatically for subscribers, and they can be found in the Xbox Game Pass tab on console, in the Xbox Beta app on Windows 10, or in the Xbox Game Pass mobile app. Microsoft says it will announce new perks as part of future Xbox Game Pass catalog updates. Announced last April, Xbox Game Pass Ultimate combines Microsoft's Game Pass subscription service with an Xbox Live Gold subscription. It saves you around 5 bucks a month compared to the cost of paying for the two services separately. Now, if you're the kind of person who likes to spend money on additional in-game content, it could potentially save you a little more. Just more added value and content to the best subscription service in video games in the power of Xbox Game Pass. As always, we end our show with a fun fact about Xbox, and this one is with Bill Gates and the Dreamcast. Credit to Andrew Smith on TheGamer.com. Dreaming of the Dreamcast. While a lot of us might not have appreciated what the Dreamcast was as a system until much later, it was quite clear that Bill Gates had deep respect for Sega in that regard. He saw them as pioneers in the gaming industry, and he felt that they were truly making headway for the future of console gaming as a whole. This deep respect not only caused him to seek out a deeper partnership with them, but also drove him to entertain the idea of having backwards compatibility with the Xbox. Given that Xbox Live was currently in development at the time, it is easy to see why the deal fell through. Asayo Okawa, chairman of Sega, wasn't able to get the Sega Net to be a part of the console, and so the deal fell through. Though the initial partnership failed, Gates wanted to continue the friendship and had Sega create 11 titles for the system. Personally, I didn't own a Dreamcast until much later, but it was one of the most revered consoles I played when I would play at my cousin's house. I thought it was really cool, and I do go back to play it every now and again. Shout out to Crazy Taxi, and somehow, Sonic Adventure 2 Battle. Thank you all for listening to another episode of the Xbox in 10 podcast. If you like the show, please subscribe on your favorite podcast, sir. Share it with your friends and follow on all social media at Xbox in 10. This past week, I've been back on my Destiny 2 grind, played a lot of Call of Duty Warzone and Call of Duty Modern Warfare multiplayer. This week, I'm excited to check out Bleeding Edge finally coming out. And of course, to everyone out there, please be safe with coronavirus, practice social distancing, and credit to all those that have to work to keep us going as a country. I know these are dark times, but hopefully this podcast could be a little bit of levity each week for you going forward. My name is Brandon Rosa. You can follow me on Xbox at Broza93. Hope you all have a great week. Be safe and keep on gaming.